good evening, good well, good whatever time you're watching us to be honest, but um welcome to a new episode of the Parks and Venice podcast. Um it'll be a bit this is a bit different probably to what you're used to in terms of we've had a long break from recording football podcasts from the end of the season. We um delved into the weird and wonderful world of television for a bit well, mostly line of juicy um during the break and now we are back with um, a football podcast since we last recorded about 412 managers have left their job. Nuno Espirito Santo and there's 5,000 um, assistants are uh, marching around England trying to find a job. And Watford are back in the Premier League. So all in all, um, things that, well, yeah, local manners pleased. Um, local manners very pleased. Uh, in the corner here, um, Euro 2020, well, it's Euro 2021 technically, but I'm not going to get into that, um, is currently underway in Turkey, are suddenly um, deciding that Roy Hodgins come out of retirement and Dashan Nun brilliantly. Um, so with all that being said, um, we're going to really go through the, the changes of managers and who's gone to clubs, who should go to clubs, why managers left, etc. Um, during this podcast, we're going to cover Everton. Carlo Ancelotti, obviously, leaving to go to Real Madrid, leaving a void where every single manager and their dog have been linked with the job. And Everton themselves don't know who they want. Tottenham are rumoured to be in deep talks with the the manager with the best PR in the world, Paolo Fonseca, um, despite Antonio Conte turning them down. Following Jose Mourinho's um, departure, Crystal Palace again, another team who just seem to be going through every manager in the world, as uh, are still looking for their successor to Roy Hodgson. Um, Steve Cooper's name's been doing around a lot today. I've seen Nuno Espirito Santo and his five thousand colleagues got turned down. Um, Sean Dyche seems to be signing a new contract at Burnley. So he seems to be out the run for for all these jobs. And Israel Arian Ishmael seems to be staying at Barnsley, but could be tempted by a move to Crystal Palace. And Wolves have replaced Nuno Espirito Santo with Port- uh, fellow Portuguese manager Bruno Lage, who is a very inexperienced manager, but a very interesting manager. And we'll discuss that change as well as West Brom pursuit of replacing Sam Allardyce, where it was looked like it was going to be David Wagner, but they maybe decided they don't want to be playing Wickham or, you know, Wimbledon next season, so they decided maybe to avoid David Wagner and his 14 points a season. Um, before we start, though, we were joined, of course, by Aaron and Terry McAllister. Terry, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Owen. Thanks for having me back on. But with, with, with the previous invites, I mean, I couldn't have spoke about Line of Duty, to be fair, but it's uh, it's been a while. I, I, I don't like this. I want to be back on more often. Well, we are certainly going to be doing more regular podcasts over the summer and into the season. You'll certainly be a, you'll be certainly be a regular on this podcast, we hope, if you're willing to, to come on. Um, but yeah, Aaron, how are you doing? Obviously, we're, we're still shocked by that Line of Duty finale, which... Um, well, I'm not going to say in case anyone who hasn't watched wants to watch in the future, but let's just say it was total bastard bollocks. Do you know what, man? I really watched the entire series from series one with my brother because uh, yeah. I got him into it. Uh, yeah, he, he was he was bloody shocked. So, 
Did you end up finishing there again? Oh, yeah. We watched like three episodes and that was great fun. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so moving on from Line of Duty, but we're talking about the manager situation. Um, but as mentioned, there's been loads of um, changes. Not all, in my opinion, worthy changes, but they have they are. Um, we'll start off with Everton. If anyone's followed me on Twitter, I really do have to apologise. My head's been lost the last couple of weeks because of... Can you imagine, right, if you'd have said to me in December, Carlo Ancelotti will want to leave, and Graham Potter and Eddie Howe will be up for the job. You'll know why my head's pretty much gone. Um, but yeah, them two names are on an allied shortlist that seems to be never-ending. Um, I'm firstly going to say I'm devastated. Carlo Ancelotti's decided to leave Evan. He's a manager I had great emotional attachment to, and I really enjoyed watching Evan under Carlo Ancelotti. Um, Terry, I think I'll start off with you because you're an Everton fan, and it, it'll just be me rumbling on about how much I hate life at the moment after Carlo Ancelotti. So, can you try and rationale and give us an idea of the situation at the club? Um, it's not great, is it? I mean, I was like, I'm like yourself, Owen. I was very much in a, an Ancelottista. I was, um, I was really happy with all, all was well in my world when we had Ancelotti at the club and the idea of him going only day, maybe two days before he actually did go. I thought to myself when I was looking at, you know, you, you listen to, you know, Radio stations, podcasts about football, etc., and you hear this, you know, who's being linked with who, what new, what clubs need new managers. And I actually thought to myself, "Thank God we've got Carlo because it's grim out there at the minute. There's not much quality. There's a real lack of quality managers available, even at clubs that you could try and get them out of. There's just not a lot going around. And then ugh, the football and gods must have heard me think that a little bit too loudly and thought they'd teach me a lesson and. Yeah, a quick turnaround. Carlo Ancelotti's been approached by Real Madrid. He had rubbish the link uh, about two weeks before, which doesn't really mean anything, but I think a lot of people believed it because, you know, Carlo had been round the block. He'd been to Real Madrid. He'd been to all the elite clubs. And frankly, I think we all thought that he'd, you know, settled at Everton, for want of a better word. You know, he was getting paid a lot of money, more money than even the elite clubs are probably willing to pay him, or that that's at least how it felt. So we thought he was a little bit safer than he was but as it transpires you know it's just part of football isn't it the the big fish eat the little fish and you know I, I can't complain Everton have you know used their status their financial you know power what have you to basically bully smaller clubs in the past for managers and for players and what have you and you don't get much bigger than Real Madrid so he's gone and, and here we are with a Looking, looking, it was basically swimming in a very shallow, shallow pool, looking for managers. The, as you say, the list of potential names is not very inspiring. There's not a lot of quality, and it's it's coming a terrible time because it would have happened two or three weeks before, and there was a lot of movement in the market. And by the time it happened to Everton, um, all you know, a lot of German managers had moved clubs and settled. A lot of top level managers had moved into you know, Juventus, got new manager, um, into got rid of their manager and you know as we know Real Madrid so we, we it's we've 
basically got on the tail end of things when a lot of the best options have been taken. So it's not a good time to be the manager. Yeah, um, yeah. The the late the names of the people who have been linked strongly with the Everton job aren't really. How can I put this? Aren't really inspiring me. Let's just say. Um, there's a there's an absolute lack of quality in my opinion in any of the names, except potentially one or two been into Everton, and I, I worry about Everton's prospects next season. Um, Aaron, I'll go to you next. Um, what what would be a sensible appointment for Everton for you in terms of what the club needs right now to do well next season, but also grow long term. Um, well, I think it's about the profile of who's coming in next year. I think you definitely need someone who will be able to transition from Carlo Ancelotti. Like, you know, you probably won't do with somebody that's as gung-ho as Eddie Howe, but you don't really want to go either as defensive or even more defensive as what Carlo Ancelotti was. I think somewhere in between is probably about right, but then you need, you know, that is the question of, is the manager that comes in next, is he good enough for Everton? You've had the Graham Potter link, for example, the Nuno link, you know, there's questions over how good these runners actually are for either Everton's level now or what Everton's level is for their ambition. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, Graham Potter is probably the most interesting link I've seen because he's obviously had a lot of criticism. He's had a lot of praise for many different reasons. I think profile-wise, he could be the right fit for Everton in terms of he plays a good brand of football that obviously got a lot of people a lot of people wanting. He's good defensively. Um, I, it's only really the question of how good is he actually. Um, I think it's I think it's not very good. They're very well at Brighton. I, I, I think maybe some people underestimate the job he's done, but that's not to say that he should be the next Everton manager. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's about the profile really. Off the top of my head, I can't think of too many. Maybe maybe someone along the lines of a Ten Hag or a Marcelo Gallardo. You know, just somebody that can develop a squad. Uh, defend well, but I think it, you know again it has to be it has to be realistic. You're not going to get another Carlo kind of Ancelotti. Obviously, the name in that in that kind of bracket is was really Antonio Conte, which we all know isn't going to happen. Um, so yeah, I'm I, I'm very I'm I'm intrigued to see where Everton go from here. Yeah, um, not a single name you've mentioned there at all inspires me in terms of being able to. I don't know avoid ever being in the same position in 18 months because it seems to be an 18 month cycle of managers at the moment and we don't ever seem to be able to avoid it um the club needs to be able to both put in put together a sustainable run where everton can be stable in the league but they also need to be able to 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 get results in the short term so it doesn't end up being the same as i don't know a marco silver where People are waiting for something to happen that was never ever going to be there. So it, it needs to be it needs to be to, to, for me to tick both boxes. And I, I, for me, that if it was my choice at the moment, it would be Christoph Gaultier, um, from who just left Lille. I think he he can both get results in the short term and get the best out of players, but he can also build a team long term with the right recruitment that can that can sort of reinvent itself along the way. Um, Going back to Terry, what would, what would your thoughts be about Christoph Gaultier? Well, Gaultier is definitely the 
the preferred choice on paper. You know, he, I can't say I've watched a lot of Lille recently, but when you see what he's done there, you know, the, he's turned things around quickly. You know, he's imprinted a, you know, a, a style on Lille, and not not so much in the sense of the brand of football, but he's he's it's a printed identity and like they bring, you know, they bring through young players, they buy, you know, obscure players and flip them very quickly for good money. And they've just beaten PSG for the uh, French league title, which, you know, makes them quite attractive. Now the problem we've got replacing Carlo Ancelotti is, well, there's, there's, there's a lot of things. It's a difficult, very complicated job for the next Everton manager. So on the one hand, there's advantages because any manager who goes in, because every manager before him has not been there long enough, they've almost got a bit of a blank canvas style-wise. They've not got an ingrained, you know, sort of way of playing in these players because they've never been settled under one manager. It's not like, you know, I imagine the next manager who takes over from Jurgen Klopp will have a problem with that because if they're not like Jurgen Klopp, they're going to have a, a job changing a lot of the players that they inherit, whereas Everton haven't really got that problem. Um. But there's also a lot of problems which come with any manager who takes over Carlo Ancelotti because they're going to feel underwhelming because we've had a superstar, you know, high-profile manager, which we never thought we were going to get until he arrived. It was such a surprise for, I think, everyone that Ancelotti came to Everton. Um, the fans took to that and quite enjoyed having a star manager. And now a Graham Potter or, or anyone like that, whoever, you know, whoever comes in, they're going to feel like such a poor, you know, step down, even if that's not the case. And they, they're going to struggle with that. And that's not on top of the fact that the supporters have got very high expectations anyway. And I've got a lot of frustration, you know, with how think badly things have gone over the last five years. And I'll just come out and say it as well. Whilst Liverpool, who we all live with, or the majority of us live amongst, have been doing really well and are really settled. So... I think Everton fans are a little bit of a coil spring at the minute where they won't haven't got much patience for anyone. So I think the biggest thing any manager's going to have to have is a lot of personality. They're going to have to front up the job. They're going to have to you know take on supporter frustration and impatience, and they're going to have to have something about them for the supporters to get behind. Because if they're if they're meek, if they're another Marco Silva, if they're sort of like you know hunched over, you know personality. You know, yeah, personality voids, then they're gonna get eaten alive by the supporters who are not happy that their you know, previous manager who the majority loved have got up and left of his own accord. So Gaultier ticks that box in the personality same as Graham Potter certainly doesn't. And that, that's a silly thing to have to consider for a new manager appointment, but it is a reality I think at Everton. Yeah, yeah, completely agree with that. I think I think Everton needs someone now who can sort of take the project on long term and not and, and sort of feel part of the club. Of course, Carlo did feel part of the club, but in his sort of in his sort of stage of his career, he was a a, a job offer from a, a team like Real Madrid was always going to be tempting. Whereas if we got a younger manager, he he could probably wait longer to take that next step before before he took her on. So I I think Evans' manager needs to be someone who can sort of front her up have the experience but also have the ambition to stay longer and Gaultier would be my choice um, obviously Lille they attack quite well over the last couple of years but defensively they're really really good they've been in the title race with PSG so not every game they've been so open they've defended deeper times they've played on the counter attack a lot 
they've known the importance of winning three points because they've had to sort of battle for everything with being in a title race with PSG. I think that sort of culture works for everything because when we're, we're trying to get into Europe every year in amongst teams who are a lot better than us, so in order to do it, Everton need to find the battling qualities and the defensive discipline to do that. Or the, we never seem to ever get to get close to it. We, Marco Silva, for example, when he was there, we should have got Europe that year, but because we were so open at times and couldn't defend set pieces, we, we seemed to lose any possibility of getting into Europe. Obviously, last year we got close, again, 59 points, but I just don't think we had the squad depth. If we have a good summer in terms of recruitment and get a manager and you can you can sort of mix in, obviously play a bit more expansively at home and take and take teams on, but also continue what Carlo was doing away from home, then I think that, that can only be a good thing. And I think I back goals here to do something similar. And yeah, I, I think that'll be a good challenge. I think obviously Nuno Espirito Santo is, it will probably be my next choice after that in terms of who's been linked because I think he's probably, I hate to say earn the job because I don't want Evan to be there as like a, as a project. He deserves a chance, so give him the job. But I also do think that he's done enough of Wolves to suggest to me he's a good enough manager to take Evan on. That's no, it's no guarantees he can do that, but he would, out of who's been linked, I think he'd be the next best choice uh, it would it wouldn't feel particularly long term because of the fact that I don't know it's something new, you know that maybe without mentors he could struggle, or I don't know whether he'd become unpopular quickly. I don't know, but I I just feel like out of the names linked, I think Rafa Benitez would is a decent manager, but he'd be two games away from the sack from the start because of his Liverpool connections, and if Everton fans turned on properly, he wouldn't be able to to, to survive it. Eddie Howe, I don't think it's good enough to be Everton manager. Roberto Manas has proved he's not good enough to be Everton manager. And that leaves Nuno or Potter. And I, I think Potter's still a bit far behind in, in terms of what he, he's, he's done in terms of being Everton manager. So it will be between Galtier and Nuno for me. You know what, I think, and this is maybe this is to do with Potter, but I think it's a more general problem. And I mentioned it to you in the past is that I don't think Everton as a board and with the fan base is patient enough and I think that prevents certain options like a Graham Potter or someone of that mould you know even if Graham Potter is not good enough to be Everton manager I think if Everton wants to build as a club kind of develop uh, develop the players develop the club to kind of return to the glory days of you know the, the 70s, the 80s and 90s you know whatever obviously I'm not I'm no expert but if they want to the days of the 90s <laughs> Um, if they if they want to return to that sort of era of the club in terms of the quality, they need to be able to build. I don't think Everton are patient enough, and I think that's consistently coming back to bite them. You know, you had the the, you had the Marcus Silva saga, which dragged on for a month, and they're not getting analysed. And I think since then, especially, the patience has really kind of gone down. You, you, Dead Ancelotti was always going to be a short term option. Um, now they just need to be realistic. They need the the right kind of profile, like I said. Um, Potter could be potentially a good option, but it's really about the patience that I don't think that. And like I said, I think that's more general problems to do with the club. This is what I mean about the personality, though. Like the Everton fans, 
rightly or wrongly, have got no appetite to be a project. And a manager who's come in with a 25% win ratio as former club will never be sort of taken to by the Everton fans unless he was to do something immediately. That whole, not just the fans, the whole club, the, the owner on down, that probably hurts the club, but it is it is a reality that Everton have sort of stuck in limbo. They they think they, you know, as a club and as a fan base and as an everything, we think we're too good for certain things, but we're not good enough for other things. So it's almost... Yeah, yeah. That's why I think that the only way forward is someone who can be a project manager, but is also got something like a, you know a, a touchline lunatic someone who the fans can really take to um, and get behind and feel the connection with because they will have patience for someone who they feel is I don't know he's a firebrand they can't have someone they can't have a guy if you're going to be a, 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 a you know a, a quiet thinking manager you're going to have to have the CV to back it up because Everton fans haven't got the patience and that's that's not you know fair on managers who come in it's it's going to prevent Potter from getting the job I think we'd have already been half appointed Potter if we, if we thought that the fans would you know take to it but they know that they won't so uh, Gaultier is one uh, Nuno I think is a good manager but um, I don't know I think that one has too many strings attached I don't know whether it's not you know there's rumours not it's not just his backroom staff he wants certain players assigned for Wolves etc might just might not be a good fit, but it couldn't. It, it's a terrible time to pick managers for Everton because there's no, there's no other than on paper Galtier. There's not really a good fit that I see. They're all okay managers and they're all good at certain other things, but they don't seem to fit the very, you know, specific you know measurements to be an Everton manager. And sometimes some of it's unrealistic. I understand, but it's the fact. It's it's the way. It's what the managers gonna have to face up with. It, here's a name that has not been linked to the Evan job and it baffles me as to why, but Sean Dyche, I, I look at someone like Sean Dyche and think he could, he's a big enough personality, in my opinion, to take the club on. He's, he's, if people say he's not a project manager, well then he must be the only, he must be the only project manager not to be a project manager because, okay, it would be a different task from Burnley, but he still took it, developed the club on, put, put in his own input his own style and done recruitment has been pretty well and as a clear identity and would be the type of battling qualities that would get do out well or Evan. He would have to change things himself of course and he would have to adapt to certain things, especially in recruitment. But I, I look at some of the managers who've been linked and I think he's ten times better than most of them. But the only thing that doesn't work in his favour is the fact that he's called Sean Dice. He's got a gruff voice and he's manager of Burnley. That that they won't hold against them, but I do. I think he'd be a good fit, but I just don't think it'd be something that'd go down particularly well at boardroom level to ever consider someone like Sean Dyche should be the ever manager. I think the interesting thing about Dyche, if he went to Everton, is the fact that the kind of his kind of ambition and his mentality would have to change. You know, at Burnley, he's very much been that. You know, if he if if, if Burnley has Sean Dyche in charge, they're going to stay up. But to me, it seems that. Anything else other than staying up is a bonus. That's why, you know, obviously, obviously it's because they, they were in a championship not too long ago, but the year they finished seven, the year they finished in the top ten, and those, those were really, really good seasons for Burnley. Um, I've no doubt on Dash's ability. I'm sure he, I'm sure he's flash at, uh, at Everton. Uh, obviously, the more money to spend, which, you know, that can go either way, either 
either he can kind of kind of prove himself as a top manager if he can do it with money. Equally, he may not be good with money, and you know, it would go it would go down that route. I think Daesh, I think his loyalty to Burnley is what's stopping, in some aspects anyways, is what's kind of stopping him from getting or being linked with, with other jobs. I think the only way I can truly see Dyche being willing to leave Burnley is if they went down. Because um, I feel like at this point in time, while Everton is definitely a step up from Burnley, would it, would it be worth it if that makes sense? Like, they've got the money, they've got the ambition, but would he want to make that move unless it got that bad in the boardroom? Um so, yeah, like I said, I think it's really just the, the, the fact that he'd have, to, he'd have to adapt is mainly the question marks over whether that would be a good move. In terms, like I said, in terms of visibility, there's little doubt. He, he definitely should be capable of taking on the Everton job. Yeah. Terry, what, what would what would your thoughts be on that in terms of... I look at it and think, if Eddie Howe's been linked with the job, and Graham Potter, I think he's better managers than them both. So, it does, it does baffle me slightly. Yeah, I, th- I think you've got it right. It's it's he's got a cosmetic, you know, problem, hasn't he? Doesn't he's not sexy enough for the Everton boards. Like it, it's it'd be one thing if we were only linked with managers out of work and like because he's at Burnley, that's why we're not looking at him. But we're linked with Graham Potter, and I think whilst he hasn't got the the wow factor either, you can almost sell him as playing uh, quote unquote the right type of football. So it's easier to sell an unfashionable attacking manager than it is to sell her at an unfashionable defensive manager. I think he's miles better than most of the names listed but he's clearly not on the thinking of the Everton board because he's not even, be, you know, the, 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 I don't think the press know exactly who Everton are talking to, that's why the same names keep getting recycled but they've clearly had no inclination from anywhere that Dice is on the list, which I, I do think is strange I think if Dice was in the mix he'd be in the top three names straight away and yeah. that was incredible even if Conte was on the list, it'd be Conte, Gaultier, um, Nuno slash Daesh. And if, it's, if Daesh was in the mix, I think Nuno would be out of the question because I, I'll be honest, I think Daesh is a better manager than Nuno. I well, personally think... really want more I, money. That's money, sorry. I, I personally think the perception around Daesh is not up quite well in that mid a few years ago, uh, mid-season, Everton were, I think, 18th or around 18th. And Daesh was being linked with the job. Now that Everton are without a manager, but it's not, I mean, it's the start of the Euros, like very early on, uh, and there's not been a single link. I think there's kind of that perception that he's just qualified to manager, he's only good for keeping Burnley out, which to me, it definitely isn't true. He's definitely careful more than that. But like I said, that's just the perception around him. Uh, I, I don't know where that perception would come from, considering I think he's, I don't actually think he's ever been in a proper relegation battle at Burnley. I think we've always been ended up 10, 12 points clear of the drop zone. So, he he's no he's no like Sam Allardyce where they're like four points clear relegation every season. It, it it's not it's not the same sort of job as that. I I think the only the only way for me is sort of brands and and style. And if that if that's the case, I don't know why Nuno would be linked because Nuno is just as if not more pragmatic than Sean Dyche's. But I think I think a certain sort of I don't know image of you is sticks and he would probably be in consideration for the job I would imagine if he was out of work. I just don't I just don't think Evan would pay the compensation for Sean Dyson risk the the eternal eternal badly. I think I think 
if it was mid-season and he was out of work, I think he'd probably get it. I just don't think the um, there would be the appetite to appoint him and pay compensation. That that would be my view on it. Do you think, obviously, it's not a bit of a stupid question with the amount of people being linked, but do you think it's going to be Nuno? Um, do, um, I, I, no. I don't. I, I think it will be. I, I actually think it might be Galtier. Has been gone to Nice. I don't think that's been confirmed. I think. I don't know. I, I don't have a clue to be honest. So I don't. <laughs> I've got no inside sources here. Um. I, I. I just don't think it'll be Nuno because I think it'd been further down the line if it was. My, my worry is that it'll it'll be Eddie Howe, but there's nothing been too concrete on that. Yeah, and I think that I reckon that link will probably develop there if it goes along with that dunk. appointing a manager. We haven't mentioned Big Dunk. Yeah, relegation, simple as that. <laughs> the big R next to Evan, the Big Dunk. Yeah, well, right. I, I, I kind of want Big Dunk just to get away with just to basically confirm our survival. <laughs> it would be a nightmare, mate. Start, start, okay. the Euros, start the Euros and we're safe because they was never points in Duncan Ferguson. <laughs> we just won nothing anywhere else. Actually, I got the Arsenal job. Mm. Well, some big dunk, big Terry. Well, there's a reason he hasn't been brought up. Just think it's... I think it's absolute lunacy. I don't understand. <laughs> I can't find I can't find any common ground with anyone who thinks that Duncan Ferguson should be the Everton manager. I love Duncan Ferguson. He was my first ever favourite player. But I just... There's no... Next to no evidence of this type of that type of appointment working. Other than Zidane. It's the only time I think that's ever actually worked. And Zidane had much better players at his disposal than Duncan Ferguson would. But... Yeah, it, it, you know, he, he came in uh, at a time where Everton were really low and did care, take a job and got one win, two draws and a defeat. So I don't know how he's done this spectacular job that everyone thinks he did. But yeah, um, he steadied the ship. He did what he was needed to do, but he was already absolutely gassed from four games and there was nothing left in the tank. So just getting the players to run a bit more and put more effort in than Marco Silva was getting out of them doesn't, doesn't you know, suggest he's a great manager in waiting. If he wants to be the Everton manager, he needs to go somewhere else and prove it. Your first job should never be at Everton. I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter how big, you know, how big a name you are at the in, in the world of football. Steve, Steven Gerrard, it was the, one, the, one of the world's best players in his position, but he couldn't just take the Liverpool job as his first job, could he? And it's the same with Everton. You've, you've said it a few times. If you if you're a Premier League club, you're a Formula One car, you know, and with all the controls and the you know expertise that's needed to drive one, Duncan Ferguson's got a provisional license. He cannot drive a Formula One car, so no. No, I think it's a no for me for Big Dunk. As I said last week, it's a big no for Big Dunk for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, we'll move on from Everton and go to a, a club who've got everything sorted. They've already upset the manager yesterday and they're close to getting on Tottenham. Um, it's working so well at Tottenham. Um, Paulo Fonseca, who's about the 48th choice, 
and it ended up being being heavily linked to being a new manager. Um, Aaron Paolo Fonseca, Tottenham. Well, I, I don't know where to begin. It's a way of it. I think I don't think he's by any means a bad manager, but the question is: Is he Spurs level? Is he at a very similar to Everton? Actually, is he capable of taking Spurs where they want to go? Um, I'm not too sure about that. I think he did good things with Shakhtar. Um, I remember there was a lot of hype in his first feelings with Everton um, before, we, before we got the Roma draw, I believe. Um, I, I believe he started well at Roma, but by the end, he kind of fell off a bit. His, his teams, the team stats were very similar to that Spurs last season. I think I saw. I think every single stat was the same apart from one, um, and other goals conceded. Which and he conceded miles more. Like, yeah, he conceded 10, 15 goals more than Jose Spurs. Um, Jose had to leave Spurs. There's little, little doubt about that. Like it wasn't. Yeah, he, he he didn't have a desired impact. And I'm sure they brought him in to give them a winner's mentality to get them to, to win their trophies. Right, really. That that it didn't pan out like that. Um, but I think I think the big thing with it is the fact that the Spurs players don't have that winning mentality. I think the reason they didn't get Conte in the end, which by the way is, is absolutely ridiculous that they didn't pursue that, um, is that the Spurs players didn't like. Conte's method, the methods they thought was too advanced, they thought was too demanding. Most of them winning trophies, though. Yeah, exactly. They don't, they don't have a winning mentality, and that's the issue with Spurs. Um, it's a question of can Paolo Fonseca do it with them, and I don't think he's the man. Um, I think they, they, I think they, they effectively need a Poch type manager, but the difference with Poch, if they want to kind of move forward as a club um, and go further than where Poch take them, which obviously will go far. Um, for compared to what Spurs had achieved previously, is the fact that they need someone with, with a winner's mentality. That's why that's why Conte would have been perfect. Similarly, like I mentioned earlier, like I mentioned earlier, and Eric Ten Hag and Marcelo Gallardo, you know, their risks maybe not those, maybe not those two in particular, but they need somebody that would develop them, but has that winner's mentality to turn them into that the club that they want to be. Um, and I don't believe Paolo Fonseca is that man. For, for me, if, if it was my decision and it was my money, uh, I would I'd be throwing a hell of a lot of money towards Brendan Rodgers. I, I think I think he knows. I, I'd say he knows the Premier League is a bit some sort of golden sort of golden bullet to to be successful. But I think he's been incredibly successful at Leicester. I think he did well at Liverpool at the time. Considering he took over from Dalglish and he was rubbish, he he took he improved them from that. Swansea did a really good job. Celtic, he won trophies. I know it wasn't difficult, like, but he still did well. I, I think it'd be nice to see what he could do at a Tottenham now. And uh, yeah, he should. He, he as Leicester didn't get in the Champions League in the end. I think that should have been something Tottenham should have pursued, but they haven't really. I don't know. I don't think Brendan's been strongly linked, has he? So yeah. I don't consider it. It would be me. It would be Brandon or Conte, but Paolo Fonseca. Look, he could come in and do an unbelievable job. I just don't think he's good enough for Tottenham, in my opinion. I think he should be going to a, a team lower, not lower down, but a top half Premier League team from seventh to tenth. Before I know, probably Tottenham finished seventh in the book. We're talking about a top six team, really. So I think. Fonseca should be in the the below that. I think if he gets the top and job, he's got the best PR in the world. But we'll see. Terry bought on Tottenham. 
Yeah, I think um, Fonseca's like the the bizarro world. Um, Sean Dyche, isn't it? Because if his name, if he looked like Ian Dowie, he wouldn't be in, in the frame for these jobs. He's very, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's suave, isn't he? You know, he looks good. He dresses well. He's been at Roma. It's far easier pill to swallow than, you know, an unfashionable manager. Like, yeah, Sean Dyche going into Tottenham, there'd be uproar, but Fonseca, not a problem. Because he, he plays, you know, he, he looks better. He looks the part better. I think Tottenham have got a similar problem to Everton as well, though, that their manager needs to fit a very specific shape, like a lot of other clubs. There's patience, there's understanding, there's like, you know, there's a lot of wiggle room for managers to, you know, implement their, you know, their style. They can lose games, they can, you know, bed things in. But, you know, teams in the Premier League, a lot of them don't have that luxury. So I think Fonseca. It's just Tottenham throwing their hands up and going, it's an awful, awful time to appoint a manager. And he's as good as any of the others out there. I don't think there's... It's They spoke to Conte, the outstanding candidate who's free at the minute, and couldn't come to an agreement. So the second choice was just pick one out of all the ones who were available, the yeah, same one. The second choice, I think Fonseca was about the 12th choice in the end, but well, But when you, when you look at the available managers... There's not much between them, is there? You know, Everton are having the same problem, and I think Fonseca just is an easier sell, and and probably would be easy to get rid of and replace at a more appropriate time. I think they've probably just, as I say, threw their hands up and said, "Well, we'll see how he goes, and if in six months to a year he's not good enough, then there might be a better pool out. It might be a better pool to choose from at that time." And our new director of football um, knows him and likes him, so we'll, we'll give it a go. You never know. Um, yeah, I, I also think Tottenham as well. They, they're very, they're a lot more suited to playing ex- expansive football as well. They, it's it's something they've done a lot longer. I think with Everton, they haven't really got a style. Whereas Tottenham, they refer back to that Pochettino era as the the benchmark of what they should be doing. Whereas Everton, we're sort of like got our hands in the air saying we don't know. So it, it, I think Tottenham, it's a lot easier to recruit a manager for Tottenham despite the Mourinho era. Than it is for Everton because Everton want to be in Europe, but they're not really sh- sure how to do it. Whereas Tottenham, they have had a sort of a method in the past that has worked. I think Everton probably, I think Everton just needs someone who's going to lift the spirits and get a team that will work hard on the pitch and see where it goes from there. I think Tottenham, they've got a specific route to follow. I think that's the difference. Got to be said as well that a big factor is Everton are replacing a popular manager, whereas Tottenham are replacing an unpopular manager. So it's yeah. you know Everton have got a harder task because they've got to please more you know more frustrated people. Whereas I think um, Spurs are sort of they don't look at Mourinho that way. They don't look fondly on him. They still look at Pochettino more fondly. So a project type manager, a younger manager, is an easier sell to Tottenham than it is to Everton because. Their manager was sacked. Everton's wasn't, so it's it's very similar clubs in terms of what they've the problem they've got, but the answers are very different to what you know. Yeah, the, the key is a very different shape for each club. I think that the type of manager both clubs need are completely different, but the problems are completely similar. Yeah, that's how I that's how I, I sort of see it. I and another thing as well while we're on it, if he would have been willing and available, I'd have bet my life Jose Mourinho would be Everton manager by now. 
if he'd want, if he'd wanted it and he was available when we he would have been the Everton manager by now. No, it's 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 you what you forget about him was he didn't move house from Man United. He wouldn't be living in a no, hotel. I'm not saying he would have took it, but if he'd have wanted it, Machiri would have been all over. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I just think Mourinho regrets going to Roma because what two weeks later all the jobs came available all of a sudden, like <laughs> Juventus, Inter. Uh, Real Madrid all became available suddenly and all needed replacing and he's already signed up at Roma I would have took any one of them yeah he'd have, he'd have took any one of them and he signed up to Roma too quickly I still think he'll do well at Roma mind I think it suits him the, the style of the league and I think I think he would do well at Roma but ultimately I, I don't think he would have wanted the Evan job due to the fact that again he, he liked living in London when he was in England so I don't think that was one for him either, but I think Everton was a definitely a bad Mourinho. If he'd have been, if he'd have wanted it, and he'd have been free at the time. Yeah, but he wouldn't have wanted it. No. Long story short, um, <laughs> um, so yeah, Paulo Fonseca. Do do we do we think he'd be a success at Tottenham? Go around, yes or no? No. Terry. No, I don't think so. I don't think. I think he's on. I don't think he's going to be able to because I think Kane will probably go and then he'll he'll be caught in the backlash of that. There's no way any manager's going to be successful at Spurs for another year or two, I don't think. I've got one word, AVB. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. Um, so, Crystal Palace then, I think, I've, I, I really, I, honestly, these do me, I didn't the most. They've known for a year that Roy Hodgson's contract's going to be up. They've known for a year he probably wouldn't want to renew, or would they probably pursue to renew it? And they don't have a clue what they want. Aaron, I'm sure you're loving this as the the number one Crystal Palace fan of the podcast. Um, I just think I just know a bit stupid to be perfectly honest. I think uh, absolutely isn't it? I think the the Perry Perry Pulis, as I call him, uh, <laughs> yeah. was looking like he was getting the job. Uh, and as they pulled out of that, I believe for the right reasons, I believe that they didn't agree with his ambitions or he wants to change staff or whatever it was. He wanted um, 412 backroom staff members and to sign the Dharma and Pedro I mean, Neto. It was never going to happen. Would, I mean, who wouldn't want a Dharma the, uh, the glorified Usain Belt, if you will? Who wouldn't want that? Um, I think Nino would have done well at Palace, but I kind of thought it was a short term option in that at both Porto. Valencia and Wolves, it started and ended very similar. Um, I, I, I personally think he's... I, I, I'm, I thought it was better a couple of years ago. I'm not a, a big Nuno fan anymore. Um, I think he goes stale very quickly there. And when he does, I don't think he's a fan B. I don't think he really knows how to change it. And that's why results start to fall to... Their performances start to get worse. It's why their... The way, it's, it's why their style of play massively declined. I remember they were... They were, they were defensive, but they were good to watch, uh, especially obviously in the championship where they were the best side in the league by a country mile. But then they went up, and the first couple of years they were great to watch. You know, they, were, they were defensive, but they, they counterattacked really, really well. But in the in the season just gone, it just didn't happen. It was slow. Obviously, losing him in a injury was never going to help anything, especially with their backup in Fabio Silva, who I know he's a bad player, but he's just too young to kind of have that role. Um, I think he, like I said, I think he just falters very quickly um, after a couple of years at Benino, and that's why I, I felt it was a short-term 
option, even though I do believe he probably would have developed the club. Um, he did it at Wolves, he did great at Wolves. You know, he can't be a bad manager to take a club from the championship to seventh in the Premier League twice in a row, even if even with the money and the Portuguese things with George Mendes and all that. Um, I am curious to see, oh, I would have been curious to see how he would have done without any money because um, he, would he wouldn't have had anywhere near as much freedom and recruitment as he did at Wolves. Um, but obviously, you know, that's not happening anymore. Um, the main name that I've seen linked is Swansea manager Steve Cooper, who, if you have ever spoken to me, you just know I am the biggest Steve Cooper fan. Um, like, so yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't understand it at all. Uh, I think it's relegation with all over it, Steve Cooper as Palace manager. Uh, if you watch the championship uh, as regularly as I did, you'd know. I I didn't mind him around you know January, December, November time. You know they were they were doing well. I, I actually thought Swansea were nailed on to go up at the time. Um, but you know the second half of the season they were just appalling. I think it was really after they beat Norwich. Um, they never they were never able to keep it up. Their performances were dreadful. They weren't even defending well anymore. That they weren't playing good football. Um, I actually believe Steve Cooper is the kind of profile the Palace are after. He's, he's British, he's young. Um, on the face of it, he should be able to develop players. But I just don't think he's good enough. Um, and I think if Steve Cooper's Palace manager for relegation was all over it. Um, I, I just think Crystal Palace are berserk that for the past 12 months, I, I, I just don't know why they haven't had a manager lined up to take over. The day after the season starts, it, it it just it just screams bad sort of planning to me. I think I think the perfect sort of fit for what they would want to be Daesh, but I don't think Daesh would leave Burnley to go to Palace because I don't think he would see that as a worthwhile step. Then the the hunt round Nuno, they couldn't really agree terms with him. Cooper seemed to be the next one, but um, I'm not sure that's a, a really good fit. Eddie Howe, they don't seem to want. Lampard, they, they, they don't seem to want him. So, And then it leaves between Cooper and Ishmael. It, it, it leaves... To, it, it just, it's all set up for the 1st of August, Sam Allardyce to be appointed on a 12-month rolling contract to me. It, 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 it'll panic and do that something before they appoint Cooper, in my opinion. You know what, though? Valerian Ishmael would be a much better... better... I honestly fit because that that, that would not because he would not because he'd have Scott Dan playing on the halfway line. Yeah, I, yeah, I was about to go on that. And that I think Vernon Ismail probably isn't as big a risk as Steve Cooper. I think he's a much better manager, but it would completely it would completely ride on them recruiting well because Ismail plays long balls and he's he, he presses high, but it's the fact that he's he was has a high his defense plays a high line. Uh, and they say they can't be doing that with Scott Dan and Gary Cahill and you've got the slowest defense on the planet and not exactly. a big budget. You know, it's an you know it's an, it's an aging defense as well. I think apart from Tyler Mitchell, um, they need to if they were to get Ismail or really anyone, but especially with Ismail, they'd need to recruit wisely. Um, then you've got what you've got Lampard, who I don't really going to get a job. I also don't think he would do well. I think he's got the Potential to be a good manager, but I think so. Ishmael is on the style suits. I think Palace have got to have yeah, someone who's going I think, to I, keep I, I them solid. Think, I personally think Lampard needs to go to a, a Bournemouth or West Brom first. You know? Bournemouth, perfect Bournemouth. It is. No, but he, he'd, be, he'd be a good fit there. But you know, he did he did well at Derby. 
even the people that spoke about the fact he took Darwin for City to say he didn't ultimately do well there. He just he just went to Chelsea far too early. So I think give him another championship job and he'll be fine. But obviously Palace on on the championship job, so I don't think that will work out. And even with Eddie Howe, I think Eddie Howe will probably keep them up. But then it's a question of you know how much does he able to adapt? Because I think it's I think it's difficult for how to go from the where he was at Bournemouth, where he had all the freedom in the world, to go into Palace, where I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure how they work, but you know, it's, it, it will be different just for the fact that it's a different job, and I think that's general for Eddie Howe. Um, it seems to me like Steve Cooper's going to be the guy. Um, I don't understand I'm, Steve Cooper. Yeah, to, to be honest, I, I think Nuno's probably the best fit, and that's not happening anymore, obviously for good reason, I think, but yeah, I think it's going to be Steve Cooper, and I, that therefore, I therefore means I think they're going to go down. Terry, what, what are your thoughts on the situation at Palace? Well, even though Everton and Tottenham are much obviously bigger clubs and bigger, you know, bigger jobs, I think the Palace vacancy is the most interesting because obviously they they've just released so many players that they've cut about you know half a million a week in wages. Roy Hodgson's got them you know, very stable, very consistent and secure in the Premier League up to this point. So they now can make a decision on what direction the club are going to go in, whereas obviously the other two clubs have got a lot of masters to serve. We don't really know what they want, etc. Tottenham, uh, excuse me, um, Palace can now look and go, well, we want it, we can transform now, but what, what do we want to do? And I, they're a London-based club, so if they, if they had the information, they had the data, they could go and get one of the rising stars of European football, you know, someone who, you know, the, the stat nerds will have heard of, but no one else will have, and, you know, bring that that new face to the Premier League. But I don't think they're going to do that because they've been scarred by the Frank Tabor uh, appointment. There's so, no way they're going to do that. Yeah, exactly. I, I, and I don't mean they'll someone to come in and revolutionise them and suddenly make them a, you know, a free-flowing attacking team. Someone who can... What they want is someone who can be a safe pair of hands Premier League-wise in terms of they know English football, they can get the most out of the plays they've got, but also can freshen things up and be different than Roy. Now, this might not be a realistic shout, but for me, if I'm if I'm Steve Parrish, I'm doing everything in my power to convince Steven Gerrard to take the job. I think he'd be perfect there. I think he, he knows the league in terms of he's... You know, he's it's English, he's not long, you know, being out of English football, so it's not like it'd be a steep learning curve for the type of, you know, that's a good Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with that. I think, I think, I, I don't believe Jericho plays like too, um, expand, too much expansive football, either, which I think is kind of key. I think they need to kind of be smart about the transition from Roy Hodgson. They can't go too gung ho like Eddie Howe, but they can't go too defensive, they're too similar to Roy. No, I don't even think too defensive. I just think they need a manager. Remember, Pulis, when he first came there, was really popular at Palace, and there's no more defensive manager. I don't think it was much the defensive. I think it was the fact that they were seeing the same thing, a 12-month broken contract for Roy every summer, and players going out of contract, and they wanted a bit of stability, a long-term thing that they could follow. So that Roy's gone. I think, I personally, if I would have been Crystal Palace, Chairman, I'd have gone all out before he went to Valencia to get bored. last because I think their fans would have loved the aggressive tackles, the long balls into Enteke, and the just like 
putting the ball in the box for every every possibility. I know that's similar to Ishmael, and I think that could work. But I think for the last is smarter to defend deeper as well. So I think that would have been that would have been something I think they could have looked at. I don't think, like I've said, that they wouldn't get die. So I think Gerard would be a really good option if he would leave Rangers to go there. But then this is, it, yeah, it's it's whether he'd leave. He he, he yeah. obviously he likes it at Rangers. He's probably got a clause in his contract that he could leave if Liverpool come in. It may be an appointment. You know, Gerard moves back to the Premier League in a year or two because he wants to stay at Rangers a little bit longer. But if they could somehow get him. He'd be the perfect blend in the sense of he wouldn't be too much of a risk in the sense of bringing, you know, a, a brand new, you know, Marco Silva type appointment where, you know, it's it's fashionable and he's from, you know, he's, you know, he's doesn't know the Premier League but he's young and he's like a modern coach as they say. Whereas Gerard is a young modern coach, he knows the the league and he's achieved things prior to getting there. So I think he ticks all the boxes. The only issue is it's it's not a straightforward thing getting him out of Rangers. He's got Gerard, I think everyone can tell he's got a very clear career path in his mind and I don't think Crystal Palace are in it. But no. if he was to come in at Crystal Palace, he would be really good there, I think. I think he'd be a really good fit. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, Valencia there. I think Javi Gracia is now available after leaving Valencia. Um, as much as I'd hate to say, I think he'd be a good fit at Palace. Um, you know, he played 4 4 2 with us. And I think the way he set up would suit their transition from Roy, and that he's he's kind of pragmatic enough, but at the same time he's he's able to go expansive when he has to. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think Gracia. I think that would it would be one of my choices. I'd be looking at if I was if I was Crystal Palace because I think it's a nice blend. I think he's a popular guy as well. Even if it, it wouldn't be a long term thing, I don't think it might be only a year or two, but. I think he would set them up nicely for the man after that. And so I think that's got to be something they look at. I think, again, Gerard would be another one. I think it, it would all depend on it would all depend on who are, who they're looking at now. I think I don't, they don't want Eddie Howe from what I've heard. Um, they're not convinced that a fella who's spent £100 million at another club and got relegated by the time where well, the time where he was at Palace spending so much more should be considered for the job. Um, but it's each to their own. I think Gerard, I think Gracia, I think another manager, I don't think he would get it, but I think he'd be he'd be a suitable appointment is Diego Martinez, who's just like Granada. I think he's similar to Javi. I think he plays a, a mix of football at Granada, defensive, but also against other teams, he the, the, the attacked well. So it would, all, it would all depend on who they look at. I think... Steve Cooper, though, would be who I think it will be. And I, I think it might start well, but I think they will struggle eventually. I hate this idea that he plays good football and he develops players. He, do, he doesn't. He, 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 he does develop young players because he's, done, he's got a history of doing that. But I, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's an expansive manager at all. Right, I've, never, I've never watched Swansea thinking he plays expansively. No, no, no. Even even defensively, while they were great last season on the whole, they massively declined in that area at the end of the season. Yeah. Um. What about is a is a name uh, it'll annoy me, so I'll let you talk about it. But what would what would you think about Scott Parker and his nice coats turning up as Salhurst? Um, I think I think similar to Lampard actually in the eighties or the year in the championship. Um. No, so I spoke many times. I, I do like Parker. 
but I think I probably... I like his coat. <laughs> Everyone loves his coat. Even though I still believe he was disadvantaged in the fact that the player final was so close to the start of the season, with COVID, there was issues with finances on the whole. Um, and obviously because of all that, they all, most of, pretty much all their transfers were made um, after the season started, so it's quite to blend. Um, while I do think he was disadvantaged in that sense, I did probably, I do hold my hands, I probably did overrate him um, in, uh, at times. So, I don't think it would be a disaster by any chance. I actually think he'd be better than Steve Cooper, but I think on the whole, Parker probably needs another year in the championship. Would agree. Um, that's just about it I can think of for Palace at the moment. I think they need to make a decision because they've had a long time to think about this, so there will be a hell of a lot of disappointment when it's the end of July and Sam Allardyce is back at the football club. That's mm-hmm. as much as I can say. That's if he takes the money. I mean, he'd probably get uh, more money just in terms of being approached by Palace than what he would have probably have had in terms of transfer fees for the past three or four years. So, I've said before, Sam doesn't take it um, the way it's like everyone else. He just takes a brown paper bag before the job. <laughs> That ties him over. No one ever finds out how much he gets. That probably needs cutting out, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) The trials and tribulations of Sam Allardyce. Um, Yeah, well, on Sam Allardyce, he's left West Brom and they don't seem to know what they want either, (laughs) like everyone else. Um, they They were heavily linked with Chris Wilder, but he seemed, I don't, I don't, I don't think that. I don't think that they've come to an agreement with him. They were close to agreeing a deal for David Wagner, but they realised that they probably don't want to play Accrington in 12 months, so they've avoided him. Lampard, I mean, he's been linked also, but is that something they're willing to pursue? I don't know. Where. Michael Appleton's name's been... I think that would be a good bit, but it will, it will, all, it will all depend on what develops there. Um, Aaron, who... What do you think of the situation of West Brom? Uh, well, can I just say, while I'm by no means a big fan of David Wagner, I don't think he's that bad. Uh, he was 14 points. He did ultimately take up a Huddersfield side. He did. He, he did. On a negative goal difference. And did you see how much he spent in the Premier League? I've got no idea. About 90 what, I do, what I do know is he took a Huddersfield side up who finished the, the league season on negative goal difference and didn't win a single playoff game. So, they're, they're yeah. for you. Um, in, yeah. terms of, in terms of their, them generally going forward for their manager, I think Chris Ward will be a great player. Um, yeah. I think, I, I feel like people overrate, I probably overrated him in the year Sheffield United finished ninth, but then I do also... You can, you can say me. I did overrate him fine. I, I am. I'm not going to, I'm not going to accept myself either, even though I definitely did. Um, Look, I think I think he's a great coach. I just I just think, yeah. I just think, I, just, you know I just think I overrated him. Yeah, you know what though? I think he's I think he'd be a good fit at West Brom. I think they need somebody to kind of after Sam Allardyce, who I've always said there was only ever in it for the money. I think they need they need someone that kind of won West Brom because he loved the club or something. Yeah, I totally love the club. Yeah, yeah. They need somebody that's going to lift them. They they need they need someone that's going to lift them. That's going to care about the club and. I don't think you're going to get many better than in that. And than Chris Wilder, obviously, it's slowly different at Sheffield United since he's a boy of Sheffield United fan. But he's always had that persona, I think, that he's, he's always going to care about the club that he's working for. 
especially when he's come from, you know, he's spent a lot of time in the lower leagues. I think that generally kind of grounds a person, if that makes sense. So I think he definitely care for the job at West Brom. I think he do well there. Whether he takes them off automatically, I'm not sure. Um, obviously, it'll just come down. I so think he will. Really tough. I think I think they'd be they'd be favourites for hundred percent. Um, I think another someone else that was linked was I don't actually I don't know who was linked, but I think it would have been a good fit, good fit was Timothy Kanovich. He's obviously going to Sheffield United. He went back to I'm obviously I'm not going to be a massive fan of him. He took us up after all, so I love the guy. Um, I'm going to get this in now. The early predictions: Sheffield United are going up because Slav is the guy. Um, mm, so I'm not sure. So, so you know, I, I think I think he would have been. A good option for West Brom. That's obviously not going to happen. Chris Wilder, I believe, is probably going to be the favourite since I think it was between him and Wagner at first. I think Van Lampard also. I'll tell you who's the favourite at the moment, so continue talking. Um, I think Van Lampard also would have been a good choice. Um, that's still, I expect it to be a, 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 an option. Um, if they can, if they can kind of pull that, like I mentioned, I think Van Lampard's a good championship level. I think West Brom. Or Bournemouth will be the worst hit for Lampard. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's probably going to be Chris Wilder who will be good. But I think alternatively Lampard will be decent as well. Eddie Howe potentially. I don't know if he's been linked. I don't know if he'd want to go and out the championship, but I think there's little doubt over Howe's ability at championship level. So I think another, I can't even, another good potentially potential option. I can't even see Chris Wilder's name, so I don't think he's in contention anymore. Oh, yeah, sorry, six to one. What about the favourite at the moment at two to one to Michael Appleton, who's the Lincoln manager? Done well, but it'd be the Alex Neal seven to two. Um, Alex Neal, I don't particularly right with those Norwich up. I think he's more suited to mid-table championship. Um, Michael Appleton is not one at Lincoln, but that's more of a risk. Here's one, here's one for you: five to one, Roy Hodgson. <laughs> I mentioned to you that I think that could happen actually. Even though it might seem a bit out there, and that he's left Pius is probably going to retire anytime soon since he's about 100. Um, I feel like that that's kind of a homecoming for him to end his career at West Brom. He's never managed in the championship before. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be something I would recommend. It would be me. It would have been day one, been Chris Wilder. I think he'd have been perfect. Yeah. Have you have you got anything to add on the situation of West Brom, Terry? <laughs> It, well, I'm, I'm like you. I thought that it was just, you know, Chris Wilder was the perfect, you know, sort of person to go there. I mean, it's not going to be Eddie Howe. Let's let come on. Like he's not going to. I'd be surprised if he goes back to the championship. I think he'll just wait and wait, wait until some lunatic in a Premier League boardroom decides they want to go go and go attacking. I can't think of anyone else in the Prem that's going for Howe apart from Crystal Palace. They don't want him. Yeah, I, I, I actually, even though I think Gerard would be the best one, I actually think Lampard will get Palace in the end. I think it would be Lampard. Yeah. Whether that works or not, I don't know. But for, for West Brom, I don't see Lampard dropping down to the Championship again when he's been at Chelsea. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it, no, I have nothing else to add. <laughs> it's the Championship. I don't know. Um, Alex Neal's name's gone up there a lot. I, I think I can see that happening. I think he did a well at Preston. I think a lot of his players were sold on him in the end, and he slipped down the league. But I think he's got a record of taking teeth well, he took Norwich up, and he overachieved the Preston. I can see him going for that. But I think 
universal but baffled baffled and baffling why they haven't gone for Chris Wilder. Have they had Nigel Pearson yet? I think they have years and years ago. He was number two there years ago. He was number two there years ago. Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? that should come to mind actually in that I was thinking Michael Atkins were linked. How about Gareth Ainsworth? Gareth Ainsworth, yeah. If Michael Appleton's been linked and he hasn't took a team up, well, Gareth Ainsworth's took a team up and he's took the worst team that's ever been in the championship about a point away from staying up against Derby, spent more money than more money than he could afford to stay up. So, yeah, I think I think that's probably a bit of a, a bit of a step too far. I think Gareth Ainsworth should have got to go Preston maybe, or I think if Mick next season if Mick leaves Cardiff, I think that'd be a good fit. I just I think at the moment I think West Brom would be too much of a step up for Gareth Ainsworth, but he's a great manager. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I, I think I think maybe if say we're twelve months down the line and Mix left or Neil Warnock's left Middlesbrough, I think one of them, I think Gareth Ainsworth could go to. I think at the moment, no, I think it'd be too much. I, I just don't know why it's not Chris Wilder because I think he'd take them up. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Bruno Lage has also been appointed the Wolves manager. I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm an expert on Bruno Lage, other than he's an experienced manager, inexperienced manager who's known for playing a quite aggressive four four two. Um, it's a big shift from Nuno in terms of not only the four four two but the sort of mentality of the team to become more progressive. But if that goes wrong and Wolves slip down the league and edge towards the relegation places it could be a fire seller um, equally if um, if Wolves do well then who knows it could pay off but what are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah I mean I've got, I don't know too much I don't, Bruno Lodge, I don't know I don't know anyone near enough about him um, I'm, I'm not in a position to speak about experienced managers or inexperienced managers because obviously ours is Cisco Munoz so <laughs> I, 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 I can't really comment on whether that's going to kind of prevent them from finishing out the league. Um, what I would say, though, is obviously they need to recruit to his style and his system. Obviously, he's obviously uh, he's inexperienced, ultimately. But I think if they recruit, as long as they recruit well, uh, uh, to kind of go on top of the already good enough squad to stay up, then they should be okay. But I don't think their recruitment has been uh, anywhere near as good as it should have been over the past couple of years. So, and I'm sure we'll make a prediction video, but that's kind of my early, not necessarily prediction, but I, I do worry for them at this point in time. Obviously, it's, it's, it's only the start of June. There's a lot of time left to go. But from, just from, just from my view right now at this point, they are my potentially dark horse to go down. Yeah. But would you, would you agree with that, Terry? Yeah, I think the, um, I think Wolves are on the way back down now. Might not go all the way down the division into the next division. Sorry, but I think you know the, the Wolves project has peaked. Like I mean, you never know; they could they could have a really good run of recruitment again with a you know George Mendes at the wheel. But yeah, Jimenez, you know he's 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 still to come back. If he if he does come back the same player, then obviously they'll always have him, and they won't go down if he's fit and playing well. But it's whether he comes back the same and, and 
whether the bloom's off the rose for Wolves now. I'm not, I can't even comment on this new manager, but they've, they've seriously dropped off from where they were from losing players, and that will continue because that's part and parcel of having a club like that. That when you you know overperform and go far in Europe as they did and finish seventh and so on, and you're not a you know you're not a top club and you haven't got the you know the sort of stable foot and then you know Liverpool coming in by Jota or the player you know next summer maybe this summer even other teams are going to come in and buy their players and you know it's not always easy to replace them so I, um, I agree with that and I think they're, they're an outside shout to go down it depends how this recruitment goes and whether this new manager can do it would agree I think it's a risk but it, it could be, it's risk and reward if they, they could push on forever with Bruno Lage and They've been tracking him for a while, so they'll know what he's about. So I wouldn't dismiss him completely. I think I think I think he'll need to adapt his style slightly from where it was in Portugal. But it, he could do well. I'm not going to dismiss him out of hands, but I, I would worry for them if if one or two players were sold and the recruitment wasn't spot on. I, I could see them slipping down, and I don't think he's better than Nuno. So where does that leave them? So. I would, I would, I'd give them an outside chance, but I just think the Premier League next year is just so open that you know, due to all these changes, that they could just find themselves being too good to be embroiled in any kind of struggle because of the quality they keep. That that would be my only caveat. Um, just to finish off, then are we are we looking forward to the Euros? I know the first yeah. games just finished now, three 0 to Italy. Oh, yeah. I love it. International tournaments. Yeah. Not not the biggest fan of international like you know games throughout the season, but the second the tournament rolls around, I, I change my mentality completely. I love it. Same. Same. I love all the different sort of. I, I I spend nine months of the season bemoaning hipsters, and then I become the biggest hipster during an international tournament. And give you all sorts of niche facts about all these clubs. And I re- these countries, and I, re- I really do enjoy tournaments. The qualifiers, can, I can leave or take, but yeah, I really do enjoy the. I'm really looking forward to the Euros. Wales tomorrow, I'm really looking forward to that. So we'll see. Um, thank you to Terry, and thank you for Aaron for um for joining me. No worries at all. Always a pleasure. And no matter how low you're feeling in in wherever you're doing at the moment, just remember, you're not Everton. Goodbye.